1: I'm put up with changes, come pick me up cause I just want to see the light I want to be weightless, teach me to fly, I won't be coming down Could somebody wake me up, I don't want to be here and let the world pass me by yeah. I just see your face where ever I'm so sick of waiting Getting too restless to be in the
2: Hello, hello, and welcome to Investigate Earth Podcast. I'm your host, Chad, alongside my beautiful wife, Sherry.
3: Hello, guys. How are you tonight? Hope everyone is doing or today, amazing. Wherever you are. Tonight,
2: today, wherever you're listening. Tomorrow, we hope that you yesterday. guys are doing awesome. Uh, that song is The Light by Love and Caliber. I, lo- I, like, I like Love them. and Caliber. Yeah, I, do I too. love Love and Caliber.
3: I love them too. Uh,
2: but, anyways, uh, it is 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here in the United States on the East Coast. And um, tonight's going to be a good one. Uh, I know some of, some of you guys have actually wrote in and wanted specifically to hear an episode on not just really necessarily the Federal Reserve, but just currency in general, our U.S. dollar. And um, for those of you listening that are not in the United States, this is definitely going to appeal to you guys as well, because we're going to talk about cryptocurrency. We're going to talk about how the Federal Reserve affects everything in the world and um, and we're just going to see what the deal is. And and honestly, like the Federal Reserve, once someone, I think it was two or three weeks ago, they reached out to us and they were like, hey, we want you guys to look into the Federal Reserve thing. And we've had other people talk to us about and ask us to do something on currency, the U.S. dollar, so on and so forth. And But when I started looking into the Federal Reserve, I've always heard things about the Federal Reserve for sure. Um, but... When you really start looking into this thing, it is kind of crazy.
3: Mind-blowing, huh?
2: Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, and so we have special guest Stephen Davis on. And I hope that's what he goes by. I'm pretty sure he does. But Stephen is uh, a, a listener of ours, actually. And this, that's how we got him on the podcast. And uh, he is a ex-Marine. And I won't go into too much. I'll let him tell you guys what... what what he wants to but um had a couple conversations with him and he's he's very well versed on kind of the currency cryptocurrency all that thing so i figured you know what better way to have one of our listeners on our podcast to help us with this podcast on the federal reserve and the cryptocurrency and all that stuff um he's very well versed in that and you know we may we may get a little bit off topic With some of the stuff, just because he's prior military.
3: (laughs) We don't ever get off topic. (laughs) Well,
2: you know, he's prior military. You know, he listens to uh, especially a lot of our COVID stuff. Um, You know, we probably won't go too deep into COVID tonight because we do that all the time. So we're going to try to avoid that as much as possible tonight. But we may do a little bit of the woke military leadership type stuff and just kind of see what his thoughts and opinions are. I know that he said he's not had a ton of experience with that, but... um, but it is interesting once we tell you guys, and or he tells you, uh, why he is no longer in the military. So, um, cryptocurrency, Federal Reserve, and the U.S. dollar. Now, how I'm going to, I guess, start this, we're going to bring Stephen on in about 10 minutes. But I'm going to start it with just the U.S. dollar, and we're going to talk more about this later. But then we're going to get into the Federal Reserve, and we're going to get into the theories around... Not only theories, I mean, a lot of these things are not really conspiracy theories anymore. They're pretty much fact. But some of these, especially in terms of not just I mean, there's crazy things you guys are gonna hear tonight on the Federal Reserve, and then there's also crazy things about cryptocurrency. And I and I'm pretty sure that our guest tonight, um, is is avid in the cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. you know, scene. And, you know, we've done stocks and we do a little crypto, not crypto. Well, I mean, it is crypto, but we yeah. don't do Bitcoin and stuff like that. We did Doge. Doge.
3: <laughs> the Doge. Doge, code. not Doji. Well, is I it call Doge? it Doji. Whatever. I don't know. It doesn't really
2: matter because well, it's, it, like... it's, it's shit right now.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> we have lost a lot of money. But not to get sidetracked real quick, Chad, but did you guys hear about that darn company that lost $49 million of people's or
2: 39, $39 or
3: something, $37 yeah. million. They got hacked. And it was all cryptocurrency that people had bought or something.
2: Yeah, and somehow they the uh, it was on, it was that website. It was like CryptoWallet.com yeah. or, or one of them. I don't, I don't know exactly, but, yeah, it got hacked. And uh, somehow they returned all the money. Now, I, I wonder if they returned the money from the hackers or if they paid it. I mean, I'm assuming they returned know. it.
3: I think that they paid it out of their own pocket or something. I don't know. But they had like 128 investors or something and a lot of money gone because they got hacked because they had, did not have a... I think
2: it was 200 people.
3: Yeah. They didn't have a two-way authentic...
2: Or uh, uh, well, yeah. It looks like a two-way authentication. Yeah. That's what Facebook wants you to right. do and all this other crap now.
3: Right. Where you do it two ways. Which
2: I freaking hate. It's just annoying. Well, I mean, it is... It is more secure, but... It is
3: way more secure.
2: Yeah. Um. So let's talk about for a minute, speaking of that... The U.S. dollar. Um, there's an article by many people that talk about the U.S. dollar and what it's going to do. But in the early days of the American Revolution, um, our nation was at war with the greatest economic and military power in the world. Uh, with very few resources and a very limited government, the odds of our nation being successful were not very good. So after the first American Revolutionary War began in 1775, the Continental Congress began issuing paper money known as continental currency or continentals. Continental currency was denominated in dollars from $1.6 to $80, including many odd denominations in between. During the revolution, Congress issued $241,552,780 in con- um, continental cu- currency.
3: Wow, that's a lot of money back then.
2: Yeah, so con- well, that that's what they issued. To, for, like, to e- start e- it. Yeah, for everything, yeah. yeah. So continental cur- currency depreciated badly during the war, given rise to the famous phrase, not worth a continental. A primary problem was the monetary policy was not coordinated between Congress and the states, which continued to issue bills of credit. Some think that the rebel bills depreciated because people lost confidence in them or because they were not backed by tangible assets. Um, And this is what uh, financial historian Robert E. Wright says. Not so. There were simply too many of them, is what they said. The American dollar is dead. Most of the citizens are not aware of it because it is still used as a means of exchange for all debts, personal and private, but it is no longer worth a continental. The Federal Reserve has printed the dollar into worthlessness. Actually, they haven't really printed it. They have digitized it. In other words, they have created new money without the use of the printing press. The government has simply issued electronic payments, digits, numbers, and deposited them into accounts of our nation's banks. The American dollar is not backed by anything tangible anymore. Wonder if it ever was, and we're going to talk about that. Mm -hmm. Um, In other words, the only value the dollar has is what the government tells you it has. If I type the number $1,200 and send it to your bank, will they put it in your account as if I actually had given you the money? Of course not. Uh, The actual dollars behind the digits do not exist. There is nothing backing the $1,200 in digits now that now appear on your balance sheet thanks to your recent government check. So it's not like you have that thing backing whatever mm-hmm. that number says in your bank right. account. Right? I mean it's not like you have like a little uh cubbyhole of your five thousand dollars in your bank, right? Mm-hmm. And there's actual dollar bills stacked in your little cubbyhole. This that's your stuff. And then behind that, whatever that's worth, there's something backing that. There's nothing backing it. It's all digits. It's all electronic.
3: Yeah, everything is. And it's not worth a
2: damn thing anymore. No,
3: and you think even about, like, your paycheck. Everybody gets, you know, automatic deposits now. No one ever, I don't think people even cash checks anymore. Yeah, And gets cash. I mean, everything is done digitally and on, you know... Yeah. Put right into your bank account. It used to be where you would have to go and cash your check and get cash or then put that cash into your account. And I think back then maybe it was backed more than it is now.
2: Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. And and so the numbers are as phony as a continental. So if you go to the official government website, you will be able to see that as uh, of May 6, 2020, there were one point eight seven trillion Worth of Federal Reserve notes in circulation. So, if you were to collect every physical penny, nickel, dime, quarter, half dollar, paper dollars of various denominations, the total amount of actual physical dollars in circulation is just under two trillion. So, just under two trillion. So, there are only two trillion American dollars in circulation in the entire world. The rest of the money is digits simply numbers on a piece of paper or computer they have nothing at all to back them up in the last 2 months of our government or the last 2 months well this was an this was an article previously but they handed out over 2 trillion dollars in order to stimulate the economy during this pandemic so in fact our national debt money we currently owe just passed 25 trillion yet the fact remains that there is only 1.87 actual printed dollars in circulation so we owe $25 trillion, and we actually only have $1.87 trillion. <laughs> I mean, like, that's, uh, you're in debt. Where is the as, scale? Where is <laughs> yeah. the
3: balance and scale? Because that's not really working.
2: Yeah, yeah you're, you're definitely in debt. So if Americans initiate a run on their bank so they could actually get their money out of the bank, many would be shocked to find out that there is very little actual money in the bank. Digits is all it is that's where the banks that's exact that's all the banks mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. numbers on a computer screen the American dollar is phony so you know and and this leads to the point where the reality is is that unfortunately we're seeing this thing in banking now and it's not just the fact that you know how many actual dollars are there and you know okay for example if you or I or whoever our neighbor four other neighbors wanted to go the bank right and take out everything they had right Mm -hmm. well that probably wouldn't be a big deal but say that it was a mass run on the banks in the united states you would not be able to have any money because they don't have that kind of money even if it was probably say that like well say that 60 percent of our town banked at one bank here mm -hmm. and they all went to try to
0: take out all their, all money. their money. They wouldn't at have it once. Yeah. They wouldn't have
2: it.
3: Well, it's kind of like the great depression when everybody was trying to get their money out of the banks and there was nothing.
2: Yeah. They would not have it. So this, this whole theory of like, you know, the, the U S dollar and, and all this is, it's very, uh, it's, it's sketchy because, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I know people personally that have tons of money mm-hmm. in socks and freaking you know boxes and safes whatever (laughs) yeah i know people that do this but is
3: that money even worth anything (sighs) Uh, if they if people are saving their real cash their dollars their coins is that even worth anything anymore
2: no
3: um and we do know a lot of people that also like collect silver and gold gold yeah is that worth anything I mean, is that different, or is that the same, or is that a good thing to do, bad thing to do? I don't know.
2: So you know, and we actually had a comment. And we're gonna and we're gonna touch on this um, here in just a minute, and and I will briefly touch on this and we'll bring it back with with uh, with our guest. But uh, they said, please tell me you're going to touch on Fort Knox and the gold. So uh, and we will. Um, but what if the nearly 150 million ounces of gold that the government says is stored in Fort Knox isn't actually there? So that's been a big thing. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone's always said that all this is backed by gold. All this is backed by gold. All this is backed by gold. The, the issue with that is Fort Knox represents the stuff of dreams to so many people. And, has figured prominently in books, television, and several movies, including a James Bond thriller. The, the fort that serves as the nation's primary gold repository is considered so secure it has held such priceless treasures, such as the Magna Carta, the, the Declaration of Independence, the Crown Jewels of England, the original documents of the U.S. Constitution, and the gold reserves of of, of occupied countries during World War II. Um so the original fortress was actually built in 1937 at a cost of 560000 which is basically the equivalent now of nearly $10 million. Mm. And the building uses more than 15,000 cubic feet of granite, 1,400 tons of reinforced structural steel, and 4,200 cubic yards of concrete. So, you know, the contents that the officials claim reside in Fort Knox Depository are valuable enough to attract the attention of any serious thief or thieves, they say. Uh, so this, what they say is 147.3 million ounces of gold that the government st- uh, says are stored in Fort Knox represent more than 3% of all gold ever mined or used. While the official story is that the gold has been in Fort Knox's massive vault for decades, many wonder if this is really the case. There have been no audit of the actual gold contents at Fort Knox since 1953 when Dwight Eisenhower was president. During this audit, only 5% of the gold was tested and no independent experts were used. The evidence is suspiciously lacking. The only source to actually verify that the gold is there is the United States government. Um, And perhaps the impermeability of Fort Knox is a ruse to hide the fact that there is no gold held there whatsoever. Um, The doubters are not just the typical conspiracy theory people. Um, But it's those expressing concern include such reputable sources like Brad Meltzer, author and radio host Bill Still, and even Senator Ron Paul. So many people say, this gold is actually not even here. And if anything, many people believe that they actually built this Fort Knox to make sure no one saw that there's no gold there, rather than to protect people from getting the gold, right? Mm -hmm. That's what the crazy thing is. And this all kind of leads into... Was anything ever really backed by the U.S. dollar? Was the U.S. dollar really always a conspiracy theory? I mean, meaning is, you know, hey, don't worry. Uh, you just you just take this money and we're going to do this. And, you know, don't worry. It's all backed. You know, this is valuable because this is money and it's backed by this gold, blah, blah, blah. But we're going to talk more about that here in just a second. But, I mean, what do you think is, I mean, for example, We're going to talk about inflation, hyperinflation. Hyperinflation is what's probably coming, and then we're going to talk about crypto. But, you know, things are definitely more expensive. And just for instance, if you go anywhere, you can't find hardly um, any coins. Uh, Everywhere you go still, they say you need to use exact change or or whatever the case is. But
3: you got to think, too, like, I don't know, in the last 10 years, you know, I use, I guess I would value dollars, $5, $10, $20, you know, I would value the dollar bills, I guess the bills, but as far as coins, they've like become nothing where when I was growing up, you know, three cents would buy you a piece of bubble gum or five cents would buy you, you know, a gallon of gas or whatever it was, nine cents, I think was a gallon of gas, like, because the prices have gone up, the value of coins to me, I feel like, there is no more value. Like, I, I'm just going to be honest. A lot of times when I'm cleaning house and stuff, and I see some coins and they're pennies or whatever, oh,
2: don't tell me you throw them away. I
3: throw them away. Oh, I put them yeah. in the darn trash because they don't. <laughs> they don't. I don't feel like they're worth anything.
2: They really aren't anymore. I mean, I mean
3: if... like I, I probably would not throw. Well, I don't know. I've thrown dimes and quarters and nickels away, but pennies definitely. If I see a penny, it's not even worth it to save it to me. Because I don't feel like it's worth anything anymore.
2: No, you're right. It, it, it's, it's a crazy uh, the, the, the currency thing. We're going to get a, a little deeper on this, and definitely the Fort Knox deal a little more. Um, we're going to bring on our guest, uh, Mr. Stephen Davis Stephen, uh, or that is your name. Is that how you want to go by?
4: Sure, you can call me Steve Chad. Okay,
2: cool, <laughs> cool, cool, cool. I want to make sure that I had your name right. Because well, Sherry freaked me out. Yeah, was I was like, like I, don't I know think if that's he what said he goes David. David. <laughs> no. Um, So, we, we, I don't know if you've listened uh, the first 15 minutes, but yeah, we we were talking about you actually are a listener of ours, and that's kind of how we all kind of connected. But give us a little bit about your background, whatever you want to share, who you are. I know that we brought you on for the Federal Reserve slash cryptocurrency slash whatever, the whole whole currency uh, subject. But give us a little bit about who you are, what you've done, um, and kind of why you're on this podcast, I guess, because we kind of went back and forth about it.
5: Sure, it's great to be here with you. So I'm a mechanical engineer by education, and I worked for Halliburton 14 years before COVID, and then they had us working from home during the lockdowns until they shut down the whole facility, laid everybody off over the next couple of months, over 1,000 employees. And since then, I've just been working warehouse jobs type, Home Depot Tuesday morning, and raising my family and my kids and buying Bitcoin and other cryptos to hedge against inflation with the Fed's crazy policies.
2: Wow. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it's funny. I'm glad we have you on because you know we're definitely going to bring up some some uh, some theories on the the cryptocurrency and just see what your thoughts are on those as well. But but also kind of want your opinions on just cryptocurrency in general. But um, I don't know if you just heard us. Have you heard the the theory that that the Fort Knox and you know and we're going to get to the Federal Reserve stuff here shortly, but Um, But Fort Knox actually never really held the gold that they claimed it held. Have you ever heard that? That's
5: a new one to me. I know that in 1933, um, President Roosevelt confiscated everyone's gold to fund the war and uh, prepare for the Depression and everything. Um, And then in 1971, Richard Nixon took us off the gold standard. And by that time, Fort Knox, I'm sure, was starting to empty out all their gold if they ever had it.
2: Yeah. Well, and and, and I think the question is, because we've actually had people, and actually we had a comment on the podcast tonight, and it says, please tell me you're going to touch on Fort Knox and the gold. So that's why I wanted to bring it up. But say, for example, what would happen if the world actually found out there was no gold in Fort Knox? I mean, what would the consequences of that be? You know, would... With the blow to the legitimacy of the U.S. government and our economy and certainly just, you know, the whole fact that there is really nothing back in the U.S. dollar, does that even matter at this point? Because it almost seems like, say that we know, for example, or we know for fact that there's no gold at Fort Knox, right? Would that really matter today because it almost seems like the dollar's not backed by any I mean it don't seem like the dollar is no longer backed by anything mm-hmm. because it's on credit is I mean we're we're so in debt we got 1.7 trillion actual dollars circulating but yet we are in debt 26 trillion dollars so would it even matter if there was gold in Fort Knox or not at this point I mean honestly
5: 50 years ago it would have mattered back when we relied on our dollars being backed by gold but Like I said, since Nixon's presidency, we already know it's not backed by gold. So if Fort Knox were completely empty, it would not have any effect at all because the U.S. dollar is primarily backed by being the world's reserve currency and the official currency that is transacted for oil, the petrodollar. And if any country threatens the hegemony of that trade privilege of the U.S. dollar to buy oil, Then we first declare economic warfare on them through sanctions and then follow up with kinetic warfare. So, really, our dollar is backed by the might of the US military.
2: Mm. Interesting.
3: That's very interesting. And so, like, people that are like gold collectors and silver collectors. Is that even like worth anything now? Since since we're not really backed by I, mean,
2: I guess besides the value. I mean, what are people are are people collecting gold and silver because they want to? Is, is same 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 reason you would go cryptocurrency, right? You mm-hmm. you want it to increase in value. Therefore, if you ever need to cash out, your money is increasing rather than decreasing. But is that why people you think buy gold and silver now? I mean, is I mean because I know or, a lot of people do. Or are they wanting to barter it someday when when, when we everything have when shit hits the fan? <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, you're absolutely right. So people that have been paying attention to what's going on know that the dollar is hyperinflating. We hear old timers saying, I used to be able to buy a meal for five cents. Mm-hmm. And and now a gallon of milk is $7. Yeah. So I love preppers. They've got the right idea preparing for societal collapse, what have you. And old-timers love the idea of holding something tangible that's been recognized as a store of value for 5,000 years. But the problem is, if you buy a certificate, the reserve banks, the vaults, are only required to keep 1% of the gold that they sell in certificates. Mm -hmm. Now, that could have something to do with the fact that the price of gold has remained pegged around $1,800 for the last decade and has not tracked inflation at all. So the problem with having tangible gold and silver in a societal collapse situation is you've got to break off chunks like they did with coins in history. And if we're that desperate for resources, it'll be like Mad Max. Probably bullets will be worth their weight in gold.
2: Yeah, you mentioned hyperinflation. So uh there there's many uh you know money experts that talk about the US dollar is definitely if it isn't already hyperinflating and I guess you can look at the hyperinflation as in on many levels in some way. So that means for example, if you had a Hershey bar that now costs say a dollar 29, that'll rise in price to $100 and then a thousand and then a million, you know, depending on what the hyperinflation is. And so At that point, the United States dollar would be worth this.
0: As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you drive a vehicle so reliable
1: it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and five-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.
2: You know, there's a lot of people that said, well, you know, when hyperinflation occurs, people will spend money as fast as they can because they know that it's only going to be worth less Mm -hmm. the longer they hold it which then creates a collapse of the United States dollar and so some scholars I don't know if they're propagandists if they're people that are you know kind of involved in this whole thing but many people believe that you know or not believe they they try to tell you that the U.S. dollar is not going to collapse it's impossible but what do you I mean do you think that the U.S. dollar will collapse and if it did what would happen with it and I mean are we already in a collapse we just don't realize it I mean I guess that's a There's still trust behind the money, I guess, right?
5: Yes, officially, there's still trust behind the money. And we are in the collapse. We're witnessing a slow-motion train wreck at tectonic plate speed. Because, like you said, there's trillions of dollars in circulation, but the derivatives of all the debt and investments are actually in the quadrillion. The system is so huge it's going to take a long time for hyperinflation to actually occur. In the meantime, it's just that steady, gradual inflation, which the official rate is 7% of the Consumer Price Index. But that doesn't take into account the real expenses that normal, everyday Americans have to deal with.
2: Yeah. Hmm. That is very interesting. It's... um. Yeah, it's, it's so I more... guess
3: like regular inflation, like I was talking about, Stephen. You know, when I was growing up, I remember gas being like you know sixty two cents a gallon, or going to p- buy a piece of gum for a penny, or um, I hate to say this, but I even remember cigarettes being ninety cents a pack. And now today, everything it's you know way higher. Is that I guess that's regular inflation, but well, hyperinflation inflation is something different.
2: But I, but I also guess what Sherry's saying too is. You know, over that—that's over the course of many years, right? And I guess there's probably a rate of inflation too. I mean, yep, well, you said seven percent, right? Yeah. But what I'm saying is, I think we're growing. Uh, I think our inflation rate is is just skyrocketing. Would you agree?
5: Definitely. And fortunately, the supply chain hasn't completely collapsed because when there's a supply crunch, that is what really makes inflation go off the charts. Yeah. And this is the beautiful thing about Bitcoin. While prices in dollars have increased steadily, prices in sats, satoshis, which are fractions of a Bitcoin, have steadily uh, decreased. So you know that Bitcoin 10 years ago was priced in dollars, and now it's worth over Mm $40,000. And so for a few Bitcoins, you could buy a house these days, and the trend will continue.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we uh we remember when Bitcoin came out and we're like, man, I don't know if that's gonna do anything. Actually we did invest in What what I mean we have made some money in Doge, don't get me wrong, but we are losing our ass right now in Doge. <laughs> we are losing our ass. But luckily we don't have a ton of money in there right now.
3: But we're still losing Damn, like they're, Elon. they're like <laughs> Robin Hood's like, uh, Miss Free oh Sherry, whatever. We're gonna have to sell some of your well, stuff. But that's not Doge. <laughs>
2: you're in stock positions that you're you keep it just keeps going down <laughs> so it's making her sell
3: yeah they make me sell my stuff because i don't have enough money to keep it in there
2: <laughs> but she sherry's one of those people that always gets in like on the bubble yeah like, it's like literally at the very top and it's, like, about to go down. And I'm always like, why did you buy it? I'm, I'm like, because like, it's, it it's going to go.
3: It's going to the moon. It's going to the moon. No,
2: you were on the moon when you bought it. <laughs> Literally, that's what she doesn't understand. There's there's different definitions. So, um, so, listen, let's talk about the Federal Reserve for a second. Because I, I found out some crazy information on the Federal Reserve <laughs> that I just think is insane. Well, did you realize the Federal Reserve is actually not part of the federal government? Steve?
5: That's correct. It's a private bank.
2: Yeah, so if it's not part of the federal government, then why is the word federal in its name? I mean the the, the crazy thing is, the Federal Reserve under government, there there's a lot of people that actually first mentioned this. It's like, well if you look up if you look up Federal Reserve under government in the phone book, you have to look in the business section instead. And so what they were talking about is that the Federal Reserve was intended to deceive people and to believe in that it's part of our government and is therefore democratically elected rather than what it really is, a sinister cabal of private bankers who wish to control world governments through controlling their money supply.
3: Okay, wait a minute. Al Greenspan or whatever. Who the heck is that? I thought he was in charge of all that stuff.
2: Greenspan? Yeah. What about the guy? I don't know. Anyway, I don't, I don't know what Stephen, you're talking about. do you know
3: about. what you're talking about?
5: Yes, Greenspan was the Federal Reserve chair years ago, and then it was Ben Bernanke. Mm-hmm. He oversaw the 2008 financial collapse. And since then, we've had Janet Yellen, who's now the U.S. Treasury Secretary, but the current uh, Fed chair is Jerome Powell.
2: So, yeah, so so you say the Federal Reserve basically creates a board of directors, right? And But they only have to report to Congress, although they're not part of the government. Is that kind of how that works?
5: Yes, and the history of it is definitely involved in the occult with the Illuminati and the Rockefellers and Rothschilds mm. they're the people that control yeah. the world's governments by controlling their money supply
2: yeah yeah and that's the thing like the not only that they've never been audited well that, um, I, uh,
3: because I knew Alan Greenspan I always just figured he was part of the government because he was the one that was kind of controlling money yeah back
2: then. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember when he was there, but it's kind of like a big ruse. I mean, I've I've always thought Federal Reserve was the federal government's money. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, that's 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 what everyone I think usually or have always thought. But, you know, and then the fact they've never been audited. I mean, you know, critics point to the fact that it's actually never faced a formal audit despite overlooking an aggressive IRS that. You know, heckles and harasses uh, and bankrupts ordinary middle class citizens with audits all the time. I'm talking about for little things. I mean, like if you don't pay six hundred, which by the way, yeah, I got a, a note a, today uh, in the mail. We don't even know what it's from. We we got I some owe kind of the tax IRS
3: eight hundred dollars, and if I don't pay them, they're going to start levying my property. <laughs> yeah,
2: which literally it says from 2018. It would never. I mean, it just randomly popped up.
3: Well, I do remember, like, I owed one year, and I'm like, how do I— And then we fixed that. How in the frick do I owe money? I, You know, I pay out everything.
2: Yeah, but but we fixed that, we thought, and then (laughs) then apparently we still didn't. But the fact that the Federal Reserve is not going to ever be audited, I mean, just—I mean, if you want to talk about corruption, um, you know, you have a board of directors. You basically have no oversight, obviously. I mean, you know, for example, Steve, like, if you have— Ten million dollars, right? And you're working with ten million dollars a year, and I have, and I make say a hundred thousand. You know, you, the chances of you being audited are tenfold over me, just for the fact, simple fact that you you're working with way more money. You, you're you're going to lose the government way more money on those taxes rather than. Wait a I minute, am.
3: you said you're a hundred thousand, he's ten thousand, or no, ten
2: million? Oh, ten so million. Okay. My point is, how would the Federal Reserve, obviously, if it's a private organization, never been audited? I mean, that's what's crazy
3: i can't believe it's even a private organization that like that's mind baffling
2: yeah
5: well first of all sherry i would recommend you be careful receiving communications from the irs because now that it's tax season is also scam season yeah so make make sure for everybody listening what you receive is on the up and up so you don't go sharing your personal information with someone who's going to steal it and pretend to be you and drain your bank account. Mm -hmm, And the IRS will never call you. They'll only send official mail correspondence. And the, the fact that the Federal Reserve is privately owned, the fact is they sell dollars to the government with interest. So the system is doomed to fail because we can never pay off the debt. It's designed to continuously increase because for every dollar our government spends, they owe the Federal Reserve a dollar and some change. Mm. So every fiat currency in history has collapsed. It's inevitable. Before the dollar was the British pound. Before that was Spain, Spain was in the world. In the 1800s, there was the principal money. So the dollar's days are numbered. It's only a matter of time. And they can control the supply better than in the past because it's not just paper now. A lot of it's digital. Mm-hmm. So that's something, a tool they use to kind of kick the can down the road until the inevitable collapse.
2: Yeah, and what Steve's saying, like, if you print a 1000 but expect back 1100 through interest payments, you'll never be able well, to you get that back. You'll never
3: be able to pay it back either. Because
2: you'll just have to keep printing money until now, the money's worth it.
3: Is that how, like, okay, so when people go to other countries and they have to exchange their money for, like, euros, for example, and they're like, oh, these, these many dollars equals these many euros. What is their money back? Is their money back by the same kind of, like, system? Do you guys know? What, like, um... Like if you go to another country, like euros, for I'm example, sure. or, you know, Spanish money or whatever, I I don't know the names of them.
2: Steve, do you know? Do you have uh, any?
5: So all world governments right now are dealing with fiat currencies. None of them are backed by anything except the reputation and the financial credit of the government holding that currency.
2: Wow. So, so let's get into how is, you know, you're, you're, you're big into Bitcoin now. For people that don't know anything about cryptocurrency, kind of explain a little bit. You know, okay. Well, let's start with this. There's various cryptos, and there's various all that. You you have things like Doge, which the Doge coin is something that Elon Musk kind of went on. The reason why everyone said it's never going to amount to anything is because it's an endless supply. You know, it's 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 there is no set amount. Explain how Bitcoin is... How it works. Well, yeah, well, how it works, but it's it's, it's a set number of Bitcoins. There will never be any more created, correct?
5: That's right. So the reason I don't touch Dogecoin is because it's inflationary. Every year, 5 million more Dogecoins are minted. And uh, actually, it's 5 billion. So that means that every day, people have to buy 14 million Dogecoins just to keep the price the same. Um, So right now, there's over 100 billion Dogecoins in circulation and continuously increasing. But Bitcoin, there's only ever going to be 21 million. The supply is fixed. And so far, 90% of those Bitcoins have been mined. So there's over 18 million in circulation. And probably about 4 million have been lost through people throwing out old hard drives, what have you. So that's why Bitcoin is like digital gold so it, whereas it, go
3: ahead i was gonna ask you like that i still that i still don't understand like how crypto is mined through a computer like i don't get that
2: yeah we've heard of like people you know you've yeah. heard of people mining uh mining which,
3: their own crypto which i whatever. know china
2: is was a huge miner of, of bitcoin um but how like but what it's is not mining? T- what, but what it's is, not
3: like... really like tangible like gold and
0: silver right
2: no you can't That's physically right. have it
0: according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.
1: When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do
5: Um, Russia has the largest world supply in the world and other countries and Bitcoin is mined on computers so each computer which nowadays is mined with ASICs which are special processing units are guessing a number between one and a gazillion basically, a complicated math program and whichever computer gets the right answer earns the rewards for that block of transaction and right now 900 Bitcoins are being mined every day by those computers around the world, these giant warehouses filled on racks from floor to ceiling with ASIC processing units. And in, in uh, two years from now, 2024, there's only going to be 450 Bitcoins mined a year. That's called the halving. That's an event that happens every four years, which is what kicks off the bull runs. So the last one, was in may 2020 and that's why for the last couple of years bitcoin has uh been rising steadily
2: hmm. interesting so do you do you you know the the theories on people saying that this thing's going to get to you know well they thought it was going to get to a hundred thousand per coin by the end of the year i don't think it has but obviously what is it um, now yeah what is it right now is it like 50 is it still around 50 or 60
5: it's low forties lately. It's a lot lower than people would have guessed, but the same predictions for a hundred K this year are still being thrown out by famous billionaires.
3: Hmm. So there was obviously that somebody that came up with Bitcoin and like
2: Well were they like a program person? Let me let me because uh, I I know Steve's gonna have his uh his thoughts on this but before we get to that cuz you just ask who came up with it whatever mm-hmm. there is a big conspiracy about the Bilderberg have you heard about the Bilderberg well, bitcoin
3: he, yeah he already brought that well, up we're yeah.
2: talking about currency specifically uh, but have you heard about the bitcoin Bilderberg connection at all
5: i've not uh, all i know is that satoshi nakamoto which yeah. is a uh, pseudonym invented bitcoin in 2009 as a response to the 2008 financial collapse When he saw that um, Wall Street sit-ins and protests, he made our generation's revolution digital and basically checkmated the whole game because Bitcoin is set to take over the financial system if the market cap continues to increase. Right now, the market cap of Bitcoin is a trillion dollars and the whole crypto market is over two trillion. So what's the Bilderberg connection?
2: Okay, so the Bilderberg connection, um, there's a lot of people that claim that members of the Bilderberg group, which uh, for those are, that are listening and don't know about the Bilderberg group, it kind of ties. The Bilderberg group is, if you believe at all in the New World Order, which you know, actually that's one of the things that, that mm-hmm. I kind of believe in, mm-hmm. um, if you believe in all in like a a superior elitist society that is controlling uh, the world. And and it's actually something behind the
3: scenes, kind of behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And it's
2: kind of what Steve, you talked about with the Rothschilds and the, and all that, which, you know, are also part of the Bilderberg group. Um, But the Bilderberg group is basically a group of people that meet and they kind of, according to, especially a lot of people that believe in a new world order, they meet to kind of figure out how they're going to persuade or control populations, countries, economies, so on and so forth, um, for the greater goal of creating a new world order. And so the whole conspiracy theory behind the Bilderberg Bilderberg Bitcoin is that um, the Federal Reserve and MasterCard conspired to take over the Bitcoin market through the use of subsidiaries. So the Bilderberg Group is a private organization that basically consists of many of the most influential people in the world, and so the theory is that the Bilderberg Group, through its subsidiary, AXA Strategic Ventures, they invested $55 million into Blockstream. So Blockstream is one of the primary funders of Bitcoin, core development team. And Bilderberg Group contains some of the world's wealthiest people. Mm-hmm. So when they invest in this, basically, this strategy of investing heavily into Bitcoin's development would give significant control to the triad if the theory proves correct it would also prove to be considerable um, commodification of uh the original vision for a decentralized currency which is if you if you think about uh you know Bilderberg group their tie with new world order and then decentralized currency or some will even say if you want to talk biblically a one world currency mhm so, what what are your thoughts on yeah, that? Yeah,
3: going from dollars, euros, whatever else to
2: one world, yeah, to
3: one world currency, which then, is which might be something like crypto.
2: Yeah, and the fact that Bilderberg Group, it, we at least know for factual, has ties to this with the AXA Strategic Ventures Group that bought into the original funding of this. Like, what what are your thoughts on that? I mean, do you do you? I don't know. What are your thoughts?
5: Well, the last couple of years have shown that conspiracy theories to more aptly be named spoiler alerts because (laughs) if you hear it from an independent journalist like you and sherry then chances are it's only a few months to a couple years until it's well-known fact yeah so i i totally believe it's possible every year the bilderbergs illuminati whatever you want to call them meet openly at Davos convention yep. in Austria yep. where you've got 400 private jets flying in and they dictate world policy. They already know that Bitcoin is a threat to their financial hegemony that if the people's currency take over, they're going to start losing control.
2: So, so they need more control mm, over that right currency.
5: They, They're definitely manipulating it and uh, they can manipulate the price through options calls and puts the same way that they've manipulated the price of gold since forever
2: wow yeah i mean that's so um, the
3: the crypto it was you you said it's the people's money it's not it is right now it's not has anything to do with you know all these elite people right
2: it does i mean but they're
3: trying to manipulate it so that they have control of this too
2: yeah i mean if, if, if this is true, yes. And, I mean, we, we at least know the fact that they hold the subsidiary of AXA Strategic Ventures as fact. We know they invested $55 million into the block stream, and we know that they started this you know, kind of towards the beginning okay, can when I they knew guys, this was getting is, on. Okay, can I ask you what
3: is the block stream? I'm sorry. I'm dumb about this, but I just want to know what the block I'll let stream Steve, is. I'll
2: let, I'll let Steve explain that. What is a sure, block, block stream, the blockchain, so on and so forth? So
5: Blockstream is a mining company. There's several mining groups uh, that collaborate resources to mine and secure the Bitcoin network. Uh, the blockchain is the technology that tracks all the transactions. They're all recorded on a public ledger for everyone to see. Um, just like they did in Denmark in the past century, they had a giant stone tablet in the middle of the town where all the sales would be etched in stone for everybody to see. That's the blockchain digitally.
2: Yeah. So do you um so do do you have money in bitcoin right now yourself?
5: I do. My principal holding is in the CRO coin for crypto.com because they pay me staking rewards for investing my funds on the network. So yeah. bitcoin is proof of work. And Cro is one of the many proof of stake cryptocurrencies.
2: I got you. Now, what is your thoughts on Ethereum? I, I would guess Ethereum is the biggest competitor to Bitcoin, right? And some actually say Ethereum's better, but I don't know.
5: So Bitcoin actually has no competitor in terms of its worth as a store of value. As far as processing transactions, it's a dinosaur. It only processes three transactions per second. Ethereum does about 15. The great thing about Ethereum is that it enabled the whole smart contract technology because decentralized applications are launched on that platform. So mm. now Ethereum has a lot of competitors, Crypto.com being one of them. There's also Binance Smart Chain, uh, Terra, Luna, Avalanche, uh, Cardano is a popular one, and many others, uh, Tezos. Uh, so... Uh, Bitcoin stands alone. But, so, uh, Bit- Bitcoin
3: favorite, does not have any competitors.
5: Basically, it's, it's the original store of value. The network is the most secure.
3: So, if, gotcha. if regular people wanted to invest in some type of, you know, currency like this, Bitcoin would be the way to go.
5: That's right. So, cryptocurrency as a whole is seen as a risky asset or risk-on. And then Bitcoin, being the largest, is the least volatile. And eventually, if it's seen as a safe haven asset or a risk-off asset, then the price will really skyrocket because, uh, like Michael Saylor, the patron saint of Bitcoin, says, only invest what you can't afford to lose, Mm -hmm. which which is saying, uh, like, for example, grandma sends the kids cash and... I write a note for them in satoshis. I, I, on the note, give them 2,000 satoshis for each dollar. And so that way, when they're old enough to actually spend it, instead of being able to buy a $100 sandwich, they'll have that number of satoshis, and it'll protect their purchasing power.
2: Yeah.
3: So do you think, I mean... Wait a minute, what is satoshis?
5: (laughs) So one Bitcoin is 100 million satoshis.
3: Satoshi's.
2: Holy oh, shit! This is. Wait
5: a minute.
3: Yeah, that, that's getting deep. Wait a minute. Okay, say that <laughs> again.
5: So, so Bitcoin is divisible. Uh, one Bitcoin is worth almost fifty thousand dollars, but a Bitcoin is divisible into one hundred million satoshis. So it's point zero 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 eight or 901 Bitcoin is one Satoshi.
2: Yeah, so if you right. don't have nearly, nearly the money to buy a buy Bitcoin, a Bitcoin yeah, you, you, you get would the be Votoshis buying satoshis or whatever. Satoshis. Yeah.
5: yeah, that's right. They call it stacking sats. Yeah.
3: So if you go on to like Robinhood or these places, would you be buying? Shouldn't
2: so go on to Robinhood. What? F them dudes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so you would be buying some satoshis or whatever they're called. Satoshis. Satoshis.
5: That's right. You can buy satoshis from any exchange. Robinhood is actually not real crypto yet because they don't actually transact wallet. on the blockchain. Yeah, You're basically buying a voucher, like a ticket that says, here you go. Here's your uh, voucher for gambling on the price of Bitcoin rather than actually holding it.
3: Oh, so you actually yeah, are that, that's holding it. That's why it. you don't
2: have a wallet at, at Robinhood.
3: Well, they do have like some kind of crypto uh,
2: wallet. I don't, I don't know. I don't think they do right now. All right. A right, so... real
5: crypto wallet is uh, of 26 letters and numbers of which there's like almost infinite combinations that you can send your cryptocurrency to whoever, wherever, at any time, 24-7, 365. So it's the ticket to true financial freedom.
2: Okay, so let's get back cuz I, I want to get back to the um because we we've covered new world order on this a lot and and although I'm not saying even if the Bilderberg group, you know, and I mean, well, we know for a fact their subsidiaries do hold a shit ton of in, uh, early investment money in Bitcoin, but but the reality is it is the people's money, so let's let's say that, number one. I mean, it is, which is also what makes it a threat to global elitists that mm-hmm. want more control. Which, mm-hmm. by the way, I think we've already discussed this on this podcast tonight, that that if you look at the Federal Reserve, even if you look at the Fort Knox, the fact that there was – so say that there is – say that it was fact. There has actually never been the amount of gold at Fort Knox that they say there was, which – I mean, and it's kind of crazy because Fort Knox is literally one of the most secure places on planet Earth. And so one of the things uh, many senators and and all these people brought up was like they didn't secure this to keep you from stealing gold. Because that that kind of sounds more dumb than like to keep you. I mean, because like, you know, you can get as many military dudes around this thing and you're never going to steal shit. Right. But but at the same time. What if, like they they want to make sure that no one actually sees there's no gold in there, <laughs> like. But um, my point to this is is that originally, and I and I think that Steve, you would probably agree to this that the the number one way that anyone can ever control anything is with money. I mean, economy. L- look at look at the way we sanction other countries. Look at what Trump did, for example. Whether you hate or love Trump doesn't matter. Trump, he was he went on a sanctioning campaign to everybody. Mm-hmm. That's why like he was able to shake hands with uh, Kim Jong Un because Kim Jong Un was like shit, I don't want to be cut off from everything. I mean, that's why, you know, everyone tried to connect Trump to like uh, Vladimir Putin that they were like best friends. No. Putin wasn't best friends with Trump. He just didn't want to be sanctioned to hell and back to where they had nothing from from us or anything else. So Money controls everything, and and if you look at it, even in the COVID thing, and and I said we're not going to talk a lot about COVID tonight because we talked a lot about it, but if you look at COVID, I I literally think the entire reason why early treatment was avoided, why all this shit was avoided, because the money was not in early treatment; it was in the vaccine, it was in these billion-dollar deals. The the COVID has there's never been more transfer of wealth in history, other than COVID. And so if you look at how money truly affects everything and the only way that people have control over anybody really I mean look at the IRS look at taxes look at look at all this shit they have control over people populations and masses over money and so it would make sense that if the people come up with this currency that they can you know hold their own value of money to where they no longer depend on other, well, centralized mm-hmm. money forms. Then you, then people start losing power. I mean, is is am I getting that right, Steve? I mean, is that kind of the way this sounds? I guess. And 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 is that maybe why the Bilderberg Group would invest heavily into crypto?
5: So any building, any city that you go to, the largest buildings are going to be banks, and insurance companies. They make a ton of money by controlling everyone's finances. The Mm. beauty of of proof-of-stake blockchains is you are your own bank. So a validator on the blockchain is running a node, which is a computer that's always on, processing financial transactions. And a delegator deposits their money into that validator's fund to give them voting power and processing power on the network. And as a delegator and a validator, you're paid a percentage of that transaction to incentivize validators to continue running nodes and for delegators to continue staking. And so instead of that money going to the banks, it's going to the people who are securing the network. So this passive income is going to be huge in the future for just regular people like you and me. Whatever money we have in our retirement funds, earning a couple of percentage interest per year, or worse, in the banks, earning 0.01% interest in a savings account, is going to be absolute poverty decades from now. Whereas cryptocurrencies, if you choose the right ones, reputable ones, are going to continue to increase in value astronomically.
2: Well, is there, is there a way that, you know, we, 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 obviously you've heard of GameStop, the whole GameStop fiasco with the, with the stocks and the shorting and, the, you know, what Robinhood did to stop the, the trading to protect the hedge funds. And, you know, when all these people went off for GameStop, they made a shit ton of money. Some people lost a shit ton of money. But is there a way that, say that elitist, I mean, is there a way that this is always going to remain the people's money or are the elitist going to be able to take over that also? That's the big question. And and can the government regulate this?
5: So more regulation will actually be helpful for the industry for more regulatory clarity. And if they were going to try to stop Bitcoin five years ago if all the world's governments would have teamed up, they might have done it. But Pandora's boss has been opened. It's already too late. To give you an idea If the internet completely shuts down, as long as there's one person running a node on their private generator in their basement or whatever, that node has the entire Bitcoin blockchain, the history of all transactions ever conducted, on the one hard drive. And as soon as it reconnects to the internet, the entire Bitcoin network is restored. So it's completely decentralized and cannot be controlled by any one person.
4: Mm.
5: What yeah, that's crazy. What you, yeah, what you say with the governments and big institutions trying to control it, all they can do is try to get slices of the pie by owning mining equipment and also manipulating futures with short-selling, like what happened with GameStop. So yeah. they can manipulate it to an extent, but they'll never be able to fully control it. That's why they want to roll out their own central bank digital currencies, which China is rolling out this year, and fortunately so far in Congress, CBDCs have been shot down because they are not true cryptocurrencies. True crypto is decentralized, but a CBDC is very centralized and would be a nightmare dystopian scenario where they could turn off your spending, kind of like China's social credit score, Mm. and they would just have total control over everyone's finances.
2: So is does the fact that you're in Bitcoin have anything to do with, like, your thought process on how the world works? I mean, I, I know that sounds strange, but, like, your thoughts on, like, maybe the way the government operates or the way the world or the fact there could be a New World Order or the fact there could be Illuminati and the fact there the Bilderberg group exists, does that weigh anything on the fact of why you got into Bitcoin to begin with?
5: So... Bitcoin is the answer to world peace. It sounds far-fetched, but Michael Saylor launched a website, Hope.com, that explains if a country wants another country's resources, they can invade and take them. It's the same thing with gold. It can be confiscated. Bitcoin cannot be confiscated from you. A country cannot invade and take that country's Bitcoin, and that renders the military useless. We don't need... A military to go and invade other countries and take their oil or take their opium so bitcoin is hope for the future and Mm -hmm. the fact that um quite frankly i don't trust the government uh right now uh the president and vice president we can call them shits and giggles because you know (laughs) biden hoops himself in front (laughs) of the pope and oh uh God. kamala can't start laughing like the joker so <laughs> these are hilarious. interesting times we're yeah. living in Holy the shit. fact that people look to comedians for for uh, <laughs> answers and to hear the truth and they look at politicians like jokers because we don't trust them mm-hmm. and so um <laughs> we all wish we would have gotten to bitcoin earlier when the government was telling us, oh, it's a scam, it's used on the dark web for money laundering, it's like online gambling, that should have been a first red flag to look into it. But finally, sooner or later, we all come around and realize that Bitcoin is the best hedge against inflation, and it's the future of money.
3: Well, and also, too, like, people are actually taking Bitcoin money as a payment now, like, I was like, wow, that's really kinda crazy. People like,
2: even were taking Dogecoin, which is kinda <laughs> crazy. <laughs> but like, people are hell? taking
3: that as payment. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. Since I've grew up like on the dollar and the coins or whatever, Everybody I know knows. what a dollar is worth. But with the Bitcoins, like I don't get that and like You know what a dollar's but, probably but, worth? Like but,
2: minus a million dollars. Yeah, but right these now.
3: people are taking like Bitcoin as payment. They're probably making out better than people that are getting dollars by payment. Yeah. Wouldn't you think? Yeah. Steven?
5: Absolutely. So you've got pro athletes now taking portions or all of their payment in Bitcoin. You've got a few politicians this year doing the same thing. Um, So... It's, it's the future. It's the best way to go.
2: I wonder if Nancy Pelosi got her facial job uh, by, <laughs> from Bitcoin. Did you see that damn video, man? Like, Tucker crawls and <laughs> posted a the video. It says, we Michael Jackson is still alive. And I was like, what? I, I was literally confused. Like, is is freaking Michael Jackson seriously alive when we didn't catch this already? And then they had Nancy Pelosi on there with her damn weird new, like, uh, Botox job. And I was like, what? in the hell is going on here.
5: Well, see, that's the thing about investing in stocks. You've got to know which ones Nancy Pelosi is buying mm-hmm. in order yes. to turn a profit. Because exactly. she's able to buy and sell before Congress comes out with their new laws and which companies are going to prop up. With this stimulus, it was nice when families received the $1,400 per person or whatever, but behind the scenes, they're buying corporate debt. They're pumping up stock prices of companies that they choose. So in this inflationary environment, they really made it essential for just regular people to become investors in order to preserve their wealth and purchasing power. And that's a difficult situation to be in. Right. So Bitcoin and crypto are the most obvious answers. Um, You've also got to have a second at least source of income. Passive income is critical which is what all the lockdowns and business closures showed us. Oh yeah, and sure. proof of stake cryptos are a surefire way to earn some passive income.
2: Hey, let me ask you. You you said you used to work for Halliburton. Um, is that that's kind of like a pretty legit? Like, uh, don't they do a lot of crazy? Like, uh, I don't know. I mean, they they've kind of been involved in some conspiracy type, you know, governmental shit, right?
5: So Dick Cheney was the former CEO of Halliburton. And uh, we were famous, or Halliburton was famous, for uh, being the exclusive military contractor in Iraq and Afghanistan. And you saw like $800 toilets uh, on the transactions, and they were just making so much money. Um, And Dick Cheney is also the one who allegedly... Orchestrated the whole 9 11 event, yeah. which it was an inside job because um, God rest the souls of the victims. Uh, but the two towers fell with the planes that hit them. But there was also World Trade Center Building 7. Oh, and which had you asked, right, that one was not struck by an airplane and it still collapsed. And so for eight months before that time, they were doing elevator renovations. Which is a perfect opportunity to rig explosives on the framework of the building. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was telling my coworkers that 20 years ago, and uh, cognitive dissonance—they don't want to believe that our own government would kill its own people like that. And it's sad, but it happened. It is sad,
3: and it is true, though. Well,
2: well look at Operation Northwoods. Yeah, that's what they wanted to do.
3: And we've never really done a podcast, even though we wanted oh, 9/11. to, about nine eleven. Well, maybe we'll because, bring Steve back. On yeah, because 9/11 so I many guess. people are like, "No, you can't even go there. Like, this cannot be the truth."
2: Well, the but thing is, it's, there's it's, it's, so it's not... many
3: things that point to it being the
2: truth. But look, you know, there, there's something that um. Do you ever have you ever do you ever watch Alex Jones at all, Steve?
5: Alex Jones is the one that originally woke me up twenty years ago. Yes, sir.
2: Okay, so. The reason, the exact—I mean, exactly what Sherry just said. You know, and and I think people have told us that, like, mm-hmm. you you can't go to nine eleven. You you can't do it. Um, and we've never done a nine eleven podcast, but definitely something that uh, there's shit. There's more mm-hmm. question on nine eleven than mm-hmm. almost anything. But and you and just we're said not him.
3: saying like God rests our souls. People died. Yeah, they did.
2: Absolutely. But we're but,
3: claiming that our. There's claims that the government did this, not
2: terrorists. But but I, my point to Alex Jones was is that the Sandy Hook thing. Now, you know, I absolutely believe one hundred percent kids died in Sandy Hook, you know, the whole thing, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I one hundred percent believe that. But, you know, the with the Alex Jones thing on the Sandy Hook thing was like, Okay, well, where's freedom of speech end? Like he that's his opinion.
3: Yeah, but then he on, got...
2: on actors and whatever, which, yeah. you know, I mean look. I'm, I'm not. I'm not even going to go there because.
3: Well, it's just freedom of speech, and whatever is. you think, if you you know but want listen, people to join. The fact of... that
2: the fact there was a coordinated effort to sue him, and and, mm-hmm. and they were hoping to sue him into oblivion, and then they right. also canceled him on everything. everything. And by the way, Alex Jones has been right about ninety five percent of usually, mm-hmm. and it's not just Alex Jones. I mean, there's a lot of people that that right. just speak of the truth, that they see as it is. I mean, there's things that we talk about that I've I've came forefront, and I, you know, for example, Bigfoot. And I'm like, you know, we had a Bigfoot expert. Why on, do you
3: always bring up because Bigfoot.
2: Bigfoot? I don't believe there is a Bigfoot in the woods. And we, I and we do. And we,
3: I think there's a Bigfoot,
2: and we had one of the leading Bigfoot experts in the world <laughs> on our podcast. But, um, but my point is, is that I've 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 always felt, I've dip- al- no wait I've always felt like Alex Jones was sued to oblivion and it still is being sued to shut him up and Mm -hmm. also send a message to anyone that questions anything or questions the
3: government for anything
2: or the government what you see on the media like the 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 bad things happen i mean maybe that's far-fetched but you know just like what you're saying steve about the the third building you Mm -hmm. know and all that shit i Mm -hmm. mean like for example us we talk about a lot of shit we talk about covid man that's like a that's like a deadly disease to talk about COVID. To even talk about it. But you know, when you when you think about talking about nine eleven, you know, and and it turns the, a lot of people no, against you though. No, but listen I think. The, no, I don't think so. But the first thing I think about nowadays is what happened to Alex Jones. But I mean it's a little different, but do you understand what I'm saying, Steve? Like I, I, I just feel like Alex Jones was sued to hell and back. I don't think it was just parents that, that were thinking like, Oh I can't believe he's saying this and we're gonna about sue the our shit our out kids, of him. yeah. I think he's been I think he's I think the government helped him in suing right. or, or helped, helped them. them in suing mm-hmm. him to send a message. Do not do not question anything, The government anything bad or horrible or horrific yeah. that happens. I know it sounds crazy, but what I don't know. What are your thoughts?
5: Oh, you don't sound crazy at all. Uh, I'll tell you what. In times of universal deceit, speaking the truth is a revolutionary act. Mm -hmm. And we have to preserve our freedom of speech with everything we've got. Because if the powers that be are trying to suppress certain messages, then the government is run by criminals. If we speak up against them and they try to stop it, Obviously, they've got something to hide. Yeah, So exactly. that's why the, your work is so important. You two are investigative journalists and bringing the truth to the people. Um, more reputable than CNN and all the other mainstream news network that are spreading the propaganda, we depend on you, Chad and Sherry, to continue to cover the real issues. And we have faith in you and your word. And we
2: really appreciate your work.
3: Oh, you just gave me like,
2: well, I don't we, know. We, we definitely appreciate <laughs> You that. gave I mean, me a
3: lot of love right there. <laughs> Thank
2: you. <laughs> no, I mean. <laughs> but I, it's I,
3: even like, okay, you guys, do you remember, um, I, I know I'm going off, but do you guys remember that big rock concert and that dude was up in the um, in the high rise hotel?
2: Yeah, there, there's a big conspiracy. On yeah, that, there's you know, a big yeah.
3: conspiracy about that, that it was really not him and that that was even the government. Do you know what I'm talking about, Stephen?
2: Yeah, the, that was
5: the Las Vegas shooter two yes. yes. years ago. Yes, and uh, 500 people were wounded. He had some heavy machine guns.
2: Yeah, there was a lot of weird shit that happened with that. Which I mean, I, I do want to touch on that at some point. Um, I, I think that was just strange. But um, but hey, what you were just saying though, um, as far as like journalists and investigator, I mean, you look at Joe Rogan. He's you know, you look at he's he's the top of the game right now. Um. But Project Veritas posted something tonight, and uh, and and I think they make a good point here. You know Tim Poole, uh, which a lot of people listen to um, Tim Poole, Tim Cast. You know, for people that don't know, Tim Poole was a Democrat, and you know he was a pretty big Democrat when Democrats were normal. I mean, when when you heard a Democrat, the word Democrat is like okay, well you have these beliefs, you don't believe, or you mm-hmm. do believe in abortion. You know, you do believe in certain things like this, but you know, and, and those were like, those were like the, the highly debated issues back then. Right. But, um, but Temple had James O'Keefe on from Project Veritas. And so Joe Rogan said on his recent podcast, he said, it's like the guy is the boogeyman to the left. He's exposing threats to democracy. He's exposing real live corruption. He's exposing real live conspiracies. And they're like, oh, no, but it's Veritas. Even if what he's saying is absolutely true and a threat, they're somehow or another decided that an individual can be like, it's almost like a cure to the reality of what he is exposing. Like you can say, oh, it doesn't matter because it's James O'Keefe. And you can put that on top of the thing and it all goes away. So it's, that is literally the state of media we're in. It's like no matter what, you can say the actual factual thing of what's going on, but now they put names, figureheads, or whatever over facts. They they always you know they always put Trump or you know that that's that's Trump's name or that's mm-hmm. James O'Keefe. By the way, James O'Keefe is not conservative or Democrat. He's just a, a, a truth teller. He's a he's he's a someone that uh, is is doing everything he can risking life and limb and in ev- his entire livelihood for the truth and that's what we do i mean we would do that no matter what i mean we would do that in the face of jail we would do that in the face of imprisonment i know i know both of us would <coughs> but what do you feel like i mean do you not think that we are in a stage of reality doesn't matter anymore. It's like a fact is no longer a fact. It is, for example, James O'Keefe. He's literally showing videos on Project Veritas of factual things mm-hmm. of how corrupt and and effed up the system is. Right. But yet they just say, oh, it's James O'Keefe. They just like... Oh, it's James O'Keefe. They just sweep Don't worry it under about the
3: that. rug. What
2: are yeah. your thoughts on that, Steve?
5: the matrix what is real so it's kind of like 1984 where they took winston to the ministry of truth to reprogram him that two plus two is five basically facts
2: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
5: ...are what the government tells you. That's what they want us to accept as true. And James O'Keefe is a true American hero. Absolutely. Like you said, it's, it's essential to speak the truth no matter what and don't give in to tyranny. We don't want to end up like China. Dr. Martin Luther King, you've covered his podcast as well. His assassination was a conspiracy. Mm -hmm. He said, the day your life begins to end is when you become silent about things that matter.
3: Yes. Amen.
5: Same thing with JFK. You covered his conspiracy, the magic bullet. The records were supposed to be declassified this year, but the court decided to put it off for another 55 years. Same thing with Pfizer. They'll release Mm -hmm. the official documents on the effects of the so-called vaccinations which are really gene therapy injections experimental they were released only by emergency use authorization EUA they're going to release those records to the public in 75 years by that time we'll all be long gone
2: and by the way so, i think i think they just got 99 years i think I think, wow. they just, I think they just pushed it to 99. they, had, but they I thought they had somebody
3: a, said, no, we're not going to do that. We want to know within the year.
2: Within a month.
3: Yeah, or a month or something. Yeah, but
2: then they went to another judge, I think, and then they got it 99. That's all they got to do. But they just got to I mean, go do this a different bo- judge. Like,
3: like Stephen said, though, within 75 years, we're all going to be dead and gone, yeah. and nobody else is going to care about it.
2: Yeah, you well, know? I mean, they they still have this theory that people trust the government. I mean, and and sadly, <laughs> sadly, a lot of people do. I mean I I um Steve I don't I don't know I don't actually I think I posted this on my Facebook and this was not my quote so I can't take credit for it but it was a great quote and I don't know who who it is but I said if you ever doubt your intelligence remember that millions of people lived through the last 2 years and somehow they concluded the government should have more control over their lives <laughs> like that somehow is a large portion of people in this country they it believe is. Hey, you know what? Last two years? Yeah. I think the government needs more control.
3: Yeah, I know. And there are real people like our family members, like our especially elderly people.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, the old people, man. Old people,
3: just... that's that's all that, you know.
2: Because that's mainstream. It's, that's yeah. the only people mainstream media have anymore are the old people that just can't think. They're like close to, not not close to dementia. I don't want to say that because my mom and your mom and all that. But bunch.
3: they don't know technology. They, they don't, don't know, know how... any way to
2: look anything up. Yeah. And that is literally the only people mainstream media have anymore. And by the way, I hope a lot of those people. Well, yeah, I mean, not not the only people, but there's a lot of morons too. But, well, just um,
3: like today, I was I was watching um, ABC. I think is that the guy ABC. I don't know. Um, and he was interviewing some people in South Carolina, and there oh, are yeah. Black Americans and talking about and talking about Joe like, Biden. How great Joe Biden? It, like what his um statistics are right now. And if they still believe him in him or not, and you know if if he's hap- if he's helping the African American community, all that stuff.
2: By the way, Stephen, what is your uh, nationality? So my parents came from the Caribbean. My mom from
5: Barbados, and my dad from Cuba. But I was born in America.
2: I gotcha. Awesome.
3: So, so Cuba. anyways, they they were like talking to these South Carolina people, like, what is his, you know, voting rate or whatever, but. They were saying that even they.
2: Well, they were just trying to make it out like he's still. Well, yeah, I mean, some of them were like, "Oh, well, I'm disappointed." Yeah. But then in the end, they they were like, "No, I trust Joe Biden. He's only yeah. been in a year." Blah blah. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, oh he's my only
3: God, had dude. a year to like fix this country.
2: The reason the reason I asked you your um, your nationality is uh, well, obviously you know and and this is a thing too. So you said you know your your mom's from Barbados, right? And your dad is from Cuba? Cuba. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yes. Okay, but do you consider yourself American or do you consider yourself a Cuban-American or a Barbados-American?
5: So I'm an American, red-blooded through and through. In terms of describing my background, I would say Caribbean-American because it has affected my culture. Uh, Growing up with Caribbean parents and relatives, I ride a bicycle to work every day. I like to garden. And uh, listen to reggae music, things like that. Oh, I love reggae Um, music, (laughs) (laughs) I love reggae music,
3: dude. That's awesome.
5: And and I value freedom and liberty, uh, just like every other red-blooded American. And bless the hearts of the old people that think they're doing the right thing, getting Mm -hmm. the vaccine, because that's what they're told on the news. Yep. Um, Yeah, it's it's really a shame.
3: It's so sad. they mean well. They do, and they, you know, they're just trying to follow well, what
2: I did say. They
3: think America wants them to do, but you know, and it's even like these young parents that are. We said we were we're not going to talk about that, but it's even these young parents now getting their kids vaccinated. Vaccinations are for six months and older now.
2: No, six months and younger. No, six months. and Pfizer, older. Pfizer's coming out with six months and, and older. Six, six to six months to a year. Yeah, but. You know, and 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 like these
3: parents are trying to do a good job by getting their kids vaccinated.
2: But when you think about old people, it's like like your mom; she's eighty, yeah, eighty seven
3: now, eighty seven.
2: And you're like, okay, well, you know, I mean, you might as well get it. I mean, shit, you know, yeah, (laughs) like to
3: lose, mom, yeah,
2: like still, you know, whatever the adverse events of this are. I mean, it could also be just you're turning eighty nine. (laughs) Yeah, like you know, what I mean, like. Mm But when you give a kid that, like, for, I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to go into all this shit.
3: Yeah, but But, what I am saying is there is a lot of young people that still respect what the government says, and they're going to go and do what the government says, which means they're going to vaccinate young children that are their children because the the government tells them to.
2: I will say that I think Steve or Steven, I don't know what the hell I need to call you still, (laughs) but for some reason, I want to call you Steven.
3: Davis. (laughs)
2: <laughs> that's fine. So, anyways, I do think he's been one of our best guests because yeah. honestly, he has been very well talked, uh, very... spoken. Yeah, that does not. That's sound... why I am not. You
3: sound redneck.
2: Shut up, <laughs> redneck.
3: He's been right, well talked. <laughs> now we're about to get. In...
2: Yeah. Well, that sounds more perf- like that's like a new age thing that the that the new kids are saying. <laughs> well He's been well talked. I'm creating that trend now.
4: Um, okay. uh, but he knows his
2: stuff too, yeah, And I want, and I, and I want to pick your brain because I think you have just got tons of shit in your brain, yeah. And I want to pick your brain on other subjects. And I want to ask Stephen, sure.
3: have you had an IQ test? Because I bet you, you yeah, scored you can out of the yeah. roof.
2: You can tell he's smart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you had, thank you.
3: Did you score? Oh. Did have you ever had an IQ test? Do you know your IQ score?
5: So I took a Mensa test several years ago, but I. Join the Marines instead, so...
2: You took a menstrual test? Well, I bet you fell down. <laughs> <laughs>
5: so, MENSA, is M-E-N-S-A, is a society of geniuses that meet up and play scrabble all the time. Oh, I got you. Um, yeah, but you I'm, go. I'm a former reserve Marine officer, um, so as far as being a jarhead, that I eat crayons, so I'm not too smart, but as an officer... <laughs> I can push pencils and write and type reports and stuff.
2: Well, hey, uh, so we got a a comment, which no one ever comments on this, which is funny because no one ever, most no one, like no one can ever figure out how to comment on our podcast, which is fine. (laughs) It's tough. But someone says, I agree. Thanks, Stevie Davis. Oh, we got to call you Stevie. (laughs) (laughs) That's what my mom calls me. Is it really? (laughs) Stevie Yeah, yeah, my brother's name is Steve, and my mom calls him Stevie. So there yeah. you go. Yeah,
3: that's awesome.
2: Man. Like Stevie Wonder. Stevie <laughs> yeah,
3: Wonder. I
4: like. Yeah, him. but you're not
2: blind. You can see, and I bet you, you know. Uh, literally, I mean, that's a good. That's actually a good uh, analogy. Um, literally, there's half the country right now
3: that are blind. That, that are Stevie yeah. Wonder. Yeah, yeah, they're blind. Or Stevie
2: Wonder. They're, they're like sheep. Yeah. Yep. Man, um so look, we're definitely and by the way guys, we talked about this on another podcast that we said so many of you guys are smart and you you guys email us and, and message us all the time. And I think Steve E is going to be <laughs> <laughs> I think he's going to be a regular on our podcast yeah, cuz we're going to bring him back on because he's too smart not to bring him back yeah, on. Yeah, he's lot. totally um, smart. So we're definitely going to have you back on. But any of you guys have any you know information or whatever and, and yeah. want to have a talk about a subject because we're all a family. And I think, you know, one of the things that when Steve kind of reached out and said, hey, you know, I, well, he didn't even reach out. He was just commenting on things. Mm-hmm. And I was like and I even wrote back to him. I said, hey, dude, like you're you know, your shit. So mm-hmm. like, let's talk. And then he, he emailed me. But you know we're all a family and we're all in this together. I mean, Sherry and I have the podcast and we have the, you know, the that audience means to get it out. I guess. But we're all on one mission. Yeah. And I mean, just like you being in the military, Steve, and and all that, you know, just because you may be a leader in a platoon or whatever that is leading the mission, everybody in that entire unit is just as important as the leader, right? And right. And that's what we are. And we hopefully, hopefully to God, people like us, people like the people listen to us, people like you, hopefully we're going to go down in history and we may not ever. Our names may never be mentioned in the future in history, but maybe possibly what we talk about and what we do and, and 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 the fact that we can just make sure that people understand, at least from our perspective, what's going on and the facts of what's going on, maybe we can, even if it's one little degree... Make a little
3: dent. Little dent in something. Even if it's
2: one little degree of the betterment of our future. That is what we're after. And Mm -hmm. it's not just Sherry and I. All of you listening are literally... Equal to all of us. Yeah,
3: like you say, we're all a family. We're all family. You
2: know? And that's why when Steve reached out, and by the way, Steve just happens to be smart as yeah. shit. So, dang it, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why he brought him on. And honestly, he's been one of our best guests, to be yeah. honest with you. Um, but yeah, I mean, when he reached out, I was like, yeah. And, and I talked to him. I was like, yeah, he knows his shit. So I was like, we got to bring him on. And we're going to definitely bring you on in the future. And maybe even fly you out here to come on live, because I yeah, think that'd be cool. that'd be awesome. Or go there, because that's Texas. I mean, you know. Yeah, Texas is like Texas. a
3: cool place to go. <laughs>
2: um, But yeah, the, but my point is is that we have to kind of unite and, and kind of get with each other and, and make sure that we're all okay. Because I think, you know, I think at the end of the day, we have to go in the military uh, mentality of, mm-hmm. you know, your life is just as important as the life next to you. And it don't matter about what color what nationality, where you're from, what age, what, what gender, or even what your sexual preference is. It matters about whether you have my back and I have yours. And, and it, I think like, that and is like it, at Stephen the end of the said, day. And
3: he bleeds red.
2: Yes, absolutely. It's Ameri- As an it's, it's, American. Yes, yeah, American. Yeah. It has nothing to do with anything else. Yep. What are your thoughts on this, Steve? Last, That's like, right. Final thought.
5: We're all a team, and these sheep need a good shepherd. And you and Sherry are leading your flock in truth and righteousness. So keep up the good work. And can I say one last thing? Say it. <laughs> <laughs> to, to have, Do it. To have, your, to have your kids attend public school, in many states it's not required to give them vaccinations. You can request an official vaccination exemption. Mm-hmm. I have seven kids between my wife and I. And only the first one was vaccinated until she almost died of SIDS at the age of one. Wow. After that, we we looked into it. And the other six have all been midwife births and not vaccinated. They're all totally
2: healthy. Wait, how many kids um, you got, Steve? Seven, he said. Seven? That's seven right, between kids. Between my wife and I.
3: Well, how old are Damn. your kids? Between like what ages?
5: Ages four to 14, and we've been married 15 years. Wow. What kind of drugs do you do? <laughs> well i'm just, I'm just, well, I'm I'm just saying even just for
3: your wife to go through births with midwives that's a lot because i'm just gonna say i did give birth in a hospital but the medicine did not work <laughs> and i know that is like great oh great pain oh my yeah, god
2: every time
3: like it's that that is really like you have to have a mental like
2: how old is your oldest steve 14 and the youngest is four that's wow. awesome. So you're gonna have like a little clan, man. Like when you, like when you're <laughs> like ten years from now.
3: But he, but he is so right about that. With you know, public education, there are exemptions that you don't even have to get any vaccines yeah. for your kids. None of them. Well, I
2: mean, most most of those vaccine, most of the vaccines that you have to take now have been eradicated for the most part. I mean, you know, and that's what that's why it's called a vaccine. Okay,
3: I know kids that are going to be removed from public education unless they get their vaccine and they have to have an appointment with DHEC or whatever in order to stay in school. Like, it's really like they have they stay on them about those vaccines.
2: Yeah, that's ridiculous. But, you know, I mean, it's it's the world we're living in. Um. Well, listen, Steve. We're absolutely going to bring you back on because I, I I really enjoyed our talk tonight. Yeah, that was and, awesome. Um, and and I and I guarantee you, everybody listening enjoyed enjoyed you as well. So, um, thank you so much for coming on. And we're going to bring you back very soon because, like, I that's the thing. When Steve and I talked, we were like, "Well, what subject are we going to talk about?" And then I found out he knew a lot about crypto and all this. And by the way, there's so much more we can talk about with the currency thing. Mm-hmm but i also want to bring this, steve yeah, back on for other subjects and i think it's subjects that are, are important to us and maybe and to, maybe when we do the 911 thing
3: yeah maybe we bring him back on need that to. <laughs> we can just because i'm
2: telling you we if we do we just do, blame
3: steve we'll blame steve
2: cuz steve <laughs> here's the thing like i don't know what this episode will do numbers wise but like so jfk for example i think it's got like 2 million downloads now or something mm-hmm. um you know, like some of our high topics have got like a lot of, well, no, JFK's got more than that. JFK's like 4 million or something. But but then some some things like this, I have no idea. I, yeah. I don't know what it'll do. But
3: then our JFK did not get, I mean, not JFK, I mean, our Martin Luther King yeah, Jr. Luther did King, not get a lot. Well, And three, I was very surprised.
2: Martin Luther King's at 300,000 right now, which is good. But it's still not like. But it's like, the
3: truth about yeah. his death.
2: And and on, on MLK Day, I posted on my Facebook. I posted on Investigate Earth. I said, just so you guys know about what really, really happened, happened with Martin Luther King. Yeah. Here is the Wikipedia article. Here is what actually happened. And it's like no one gives a shit. Yeah. Everyone is so, like, now. Yeah, we present. all... Like, no one cares. Ev-
3: everything stops for Martin Luther King. There's no school. Yeah, to, but, it, you know, but everybody why... Everybody doesn't go to jobs, but... what it should be but... stopping
2: for is the fact that the government had something to do with his death because he was bringing people together. Yep. Yep. You cannot have anyone that brings people together. Because if you do, it threatens...
3: It threatens... It
2: threatens the centralization of power. Yep. So, anyways... Steve, thank you so much, man, for coming on. We we really appreciate it, and we're definitely going to bring you back on very uh, very soon.
5: Thank you, Chad. For sharing. It's an honor to join you.
2: All right. Well, uh, guys, everyone, thanks, Steve. Steve, we'll have you back on very yeah, soon. Yes, Steve. Have a good one. <laughs> oh, sorry, I hit that. I hit the. Uh, sorry, I hit the mic. Um, man. Great. I think it was a great episode. Yeah, he's awesome. I think uh, I think he knows a lot about yeah, a he's, lot of that. Like
3: I said, stuff. I think he's got a genius mind. Obviously.
2: He does. Yeah, he does. Um but guys, we're not gonna keep you anymore tonight because I mean, you know, I I hope that we did our due diligence on the currency situation. And but like I said, Well, I'm just a I person wanted, that
3: knows nothing about it and trying to learn it through you and Steve. Like I have learned some really valuable well, I, I'm not information. An either. Well, I know, but I'm just saying. Like, that's just it's it's a hard. Steve picture. is an expert. Though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like Bitcoin and shit like yeah, that.
2: He knows the stuff. Yeah, so um, listen to
3: Steve. Go where he told you to go and buy it there.
2: <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm not an expert. But I mean, what what our job is? I mean, we're not always experts on everything we talk about, as you guys know. But but we we do try to source as much information as we can and bring it to the the table. Mm-hmm. That where you guys can at least think about it and talk about it. And that's why I like having people like Steve on that, that know so much about even just the crypto. But Steve kind of knew about everything we talked about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I knew he was very good in that, in that realm of things. But, you know, Steve is, um, you know, I don't know. He didn't say much about it, but working for Halliburton, which, you know. Uh, in, uh, so, that's going to
3: be another podcast.
2: No, but so well, he probably won't talk about anything he did for Halliburton, but all I'm saying is, is that most people out there that listen to Halliburton or that know about Halliburton, I mean, most people on this podcast are going to listen, know about Halliburton and Halliburton is one of those like secretive government Mm -hmm. things, Mm -hmm. you know, and he he worked for them for a while and it's kind of like, you know, it has my mind thinking a little bit, but whatever, (laughs) not even going to talk about it. Um, It it. is all good (laughs) in the neighborhood. (laughs) Um, But, guys, that's it for this Investigate Earth podcast.
3: (laughs) It's all good in the neighborhood. We love
2: all of you. You're our family. And, by the way, if you have a subject you want to talk about in the future, let us know, man. Reach out to us. Contact the Investigate Earth podcast. Um, You can find us on Gitter, even though Gitter's starting to kind of piss me off a little bit. I'm not even (laughs) going to talk about it tonight. (laughs) But we love you. Thank you to our amazing guest, Stephen Davis, Stevie Davis, or Steve Davis, whatever yeah. you want to be called. Steven,
3: Steve, Stevie.
2: And uh, until next time, we love you. Bye-bye now.
6: Bye-bye now. Now you're free, man, you better chase those dreams And I don't think you're the perfect fit for me I do believe that you're better off without me Cause you don't see what I see Feet by the winter. I hope it feels like you want it. Don't like it as a free man. This burns through the summer, back on my
4: feet.